Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So you guys, it's January. It's January. And I don't know why I didn't say this before, but this is my birthday month. And with that, I really wanted to bring on guests that I felt really had stories that I personally wanted to hear and wanted to share with you guys for the personal healing that I feel like we would all collectively participate in, in terms of just coming together as a community, hearing a story that about somebody's unique life path that we don't often hear about, and appreciating the fact that just because we go through things or just because we have experiences that they do not shape who we are or who we will become. So with that, today we will be having Avril share her story. Hello, Avril. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. We had a great chat as always. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and feel free to jump right into your story. Hi, Ari. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pleased to be here. And yes, I loved our conversation. So I'm Avril and I am am now this fully embodied, really authentic person. I'm deeply connected to myself. Um, I'm a coach. I work to empower women to live their truest selves, to live the, the fullest essence of who they are in knowing who they are. I'm a mum to a eight, almost nine-year-old neurodiverse child. Um, and my life is incredibly full. I have an incredibly supportive husband. Um, I live in on the East Coast by the beach in New Zealand. My life is really, really full. Oh, but it beautiful, really, beautiful. Thank you. But it really wasn't always this way. For over 20 years of my life, I had anorexia. And I was so disconnected from myself. I spent my all of that time. I cannot remember a time in my life where I was connected to myself um, until mm. recent years. I spent so long in this foggy haze in my head of body dysmorphia. My whole life was controlled by eating disorder. It was controlled by what I ate or what I didn't eat, the amount of exercise I had. I was disconnected from myself. I was disconnected from others. Mm. I really struggled to build relationships because I hadn't this relationship with myself. I struggled to find this deep love because I didn't have this love for myself. But I was high functioning in the early years. So I developed it in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it, at that stage, it was really at a, at a very bad level. I, um, yeah, when I was about 16, I had a near-death experience simply because of the eating disorder. And oh, then I recovered gosh. to a probably to a state where I would say was high functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In, when I was 21, I ran away from Ireland. So I was originally from Ireland. Mm-hmm. I ran away from Ireland, not literally ran away, but I left to do a backpacking experience to Australia, mm-hmm. which is the other side of the world. But essentially I was running away from myself. The problem was you can't run away from yourself. You come with you. So exactly. I came with me all the way to the other side of the world. Um, And I continued on in this really 
I suppose high functioning. So other people may not have noticed, but all the time, my whole body and mind were controlled by this disease, this disorder, this dysfunction, whatever you want to call it. Um, now, fast forward until my early 30s, I had been told I would never have children. So it was something that was, you know, not not possible for me. I was told I would never recover from anorexia. Mm-hmm. People with long term anorexia. Oh, my recover. gosh. Oh, mm, I know. Really? So adult, as somebody, again, uh, super, I'm familiar with anorexia. I'm familiar with eating disorders, of course, mm-hmm. from a cursory level. But um, the statistics of the disorders, so long-term anorexia, it's not. It's usually not likely you recover. Is that no. correct? Yeah, wow. it is. And actually, anorexia has the highest mortality of any mental illness. One in 10 people from anorexia um, die it may not be labeled anorexia, it may be a heart attack, but it is as a result of the the eating disorder. Yeah. So, and, and that obviously, that statistic played into why specialists and doctors told me I would never recover. And oh obviously gosh. fertility is compromised. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that I would never have children. Mm-hmm. So fast forward um, to, I got married when I was 23 to my husband and when we were, I was 30, it was like, okay, well, will we try to have a child? Will we just try? Five months later, I got pregnant. Um, oh. I ended up, I know, I ended up miscarrying the baby, but it was in my mind, it was like, I can do this. I still wasn't fully recovered, but I was mm-hmm. doing a lot better in my physical functioning. I was physically nourishing myself. Mentally, mm-hmm. I had not healed at all. Mm. Um Okay, gotcha. So, so you were addressing sort of the physiological yeah. symptoms. and Because I knew I had to address the physical stuff in order to have a child. Yeah. But there was something sparked in me. It was like, okay, there's something there. It had ignited this light that I can do this. You know, I can mm-hmm. do this. So 18 months later, I got pregnant again and kept the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it was natural pregnancy, natural birth, everything throughout. Mm-hmm. So we were... Born, uh, we had this incredible child who was born a firecracker, a real Aww. firecracker. <laughs> he still is a firecracker. Oh, that's excellent. It's only because of him and his journey that I am where I am today because he forced me to have to address the stuff in me that I would not have healed fully had it not been for him. His really? intense emotion. So he was like the catalyst. Absolutely, 100%. And it wasn't the getting pregnant. It was the what I had to deal with afterwards. I was, Oh, tell us about that. So yeah. did you, yeah, totally, please. So he was, like I said, he was a firecracker. He had these very big emotions. He had these very big meltdowns. He had these, he had anxiety from he was born. I had high, would have had high cortisol in pregnancy upon reflection. And so that was definitely would have been a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. But I truly believe he was born to to teach, to, to heal me. Um, and to obviously he has his own soul journey, but we were brought together in this journey because I, like if he'd been an easy kid, it would have been too easy for me to do all of my, keep doing my behaviors, but I couldn't, I had to advocate for him. I Mm -hmm. had to fill into this intuition. All of a sudden I got, we got these really strong nudges of intuition about how to deal with his healing journey. And I couldn't ignore them anymore. And I also got this intuition about 
I have to do stuff for my own healing journey. And I couldn't ignore that I needed to do the deep healing for myself. So we went on a healing journey for him. And along the way, I realized he, he it's not him. He doesn't need this a fixing, I'll call it. I didn't think I was going into it. It wasn't a conscious decision to try and fix him. But along the way, I realized, hang on, this is not about him. This is about me. And through his exposing everything that was going on for me, I, I, I was forced to come back to myself and look really deeply at doing the inner work for myself. And so it led to a massive journey for me of learning to regulate my nervous system because I realized I was so dysregulated and I could see it in his anxiety. Oh, so you you recognized, okay, so were you were you and your son both experiencing similar symptoms and that was how you were able to recognize it in yourself? Yes and no. Oh. Yes, oh. his was much more obvious. So he yeah. had lots of sensory issues, but he had anxiety. Mm -hmm. around a lot of stuff and he had was like highly sensitive to noise and sound and um lots of stuff smell and touch and and I recognized in him that there was a lot of that that was at a at a different level in me but you know I remember saying to my husband I think I have high functioning anxiety and I'd worked in the mental health field so it was mm -hmm. not like I think oh wow my husband sort of said to me yeah I've known that, you know, he we'd been married 12 years at this stage. And he was like, yeah, are you only now realizing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> we don't see yeah. something until we're ready to see it. Right. Especially within ourselves, especially with oh. the, but other people see it so quickly or so what? early and we're always shocked. So, yeah, um, I can totally understand that. It's, it's so fascinating. And so my mm -hmm. son was able to, he was like this mirror up for me. Mm -hmm. And he brought up in me, and this is, is quite common in mums, he brought up this rage or this anger because the level of the intensity of his emotions was like nothing I'd seen before, except I remember having a really bad temper when I was a child. I remember it being pointed out. I remember feeling things very deeply until I started to numb myself with an eating disorder. Oh, oh this, my gosh. I know. So wow. And so this rage came up in me and I thought, okay, where is this? I'm normally an incredibly calm person. I never yeah. feel this intensity of rage. I never feel anything like that. Somebody could like literally cut me off in traffic and I'd be empathizing with them. But I realized that I had numbed my emotions for so long and this was the start of them coming back to me. And this started the whole process of, you know, that regulating my nervous system, coming back into connection with myself. Mm -hmm. Because what I'd realized over the years was not only could I not feel the anger and the, the big, the sadness and the grief, because I hadn't been able to feel those intense levels of emotions. I also couldn't feel the joy. Mm, yep. Because you numb yourself to everything. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I had to go through those intense, what you would label as negative emotions, but they're not. They're just life. They're, they're the fullness right. of life. But I had to go through those through my son, sort of bringing them up in me in order mm -hmm. to be able to move into the joy, the peace, the happiness, the stillness, the 
the excitement, all of those again. So, yeah, so my journey was through his journey. I found this way back to myself with, like I said, nervous system regulation. I There mm-hmm. was a lot of physical healing as well. Obviously, I had not nurtured my body for over 20 years, probably about 24 years. So there was a lot of physical healing. There was a lot of trauma work had to be done. There was a lot of learning about myself again, learning about my needs. I was going to ask you that, especially, you know, with the numbing, also you're numbing who you are as a person. So that prevents you from sort of even knowing who you are. How, what was the process of getting to know yourself again? Like once you started to realize that the numbing was, you know, moving out of you and you were becoming self-aware again. Yeah, so it was it was a really beautiful process, but it wasn't it wasn't easy. Yeah. Um and it was a lot more complicated I think because I got stuck in my head as a way to almost as another way to disconnect. I got stuck in my head trying to figure it out. How do I how do I get to know myself? How do I do this healing work? How do I regulate? And you know, what I realized was it's all so simple. We know inherently who we are. It's not easy, but it is simple. We know inherently who we are. Our Mm -hmm. essence is always there. We just have to allow ourselves to be patient and to be gentle and to take the time it needs to get to know us again. So for me, the process started with the physical stuff Mm -hmm. because... Because the, our physiology is here. It's tangible. You know, we can touch our bodies. We can yes, poke yes. ourselves in the eye if we want to feel mm-hmm. something. You know, we can mm-hmm. pinch ourselves. We can actually touch the physical. So for me, that was uh, the easiest place to start because I could actually tap into and attune, really attune to my body. So it was about really gentle, simple stuff like giving myself a hug, tuning into my basic mm. needs, like hunger, thirst, Toileting. Now, toileting sounds such a stupid one because people are like, I know when I need to go to the toilet. But truly, as females, how often do we actually go to the toilet when we need to versus how often do we hold on forever? Absolutely. Then (laughs) it's a natural like sacrifice and neglect to ourselves that we're, you know, that we're naturally holding ourselves back or having to. Yeah, I can totally understand that. Yeah. So it was about tuning in and honoring those needs when they came up. Mm-hmm. So so hard, so hard. I know. And I'm going to yeah. go. So it's about those little connections because you know what? That disconnection starts when we're really, really young. You know, you're told, yep. go to the toilet before you yep. jump in the car for a drive in case you need to go. Yep. Finish the food on your plate. Now, I wasn't told that, but, you know, I know many, many people are told to finish the food on your plate or... Have a drink when you're not hungry. So we get disconnected from these innate basic needs that our body knows when we when we need them, but we get disconnected with them. So it's about really connecting back to that, connecting back to that need for rest. One I had really cut myself off from because we live in a society that is masculine driven. It is go, 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 it is achieve, achieve, it is do, do, do. Definitely hustle culture. Hustle culture all the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to relearn how to listen to my body and then honor it. It was like, okay, I need to rest. And that's really hard when you have 
when you're trying to avoid the enemy within, you know, this, this mind that is telling you, don't sit with yourself. You're not a good person. There is something wrong with you. So yes, yes. this oh my is God. why the work is holistic. The work was holistic for me. It wasn't just a case of I need to just attune physically. I had to look at what the what my monkey mind was bringing up for me. Mm-hmm. What my the sensations that were that we label as emotions because we you know we label anxiety. What is anxiety? When you break it down, it's a lot of physical sensations that come up that then uh, combined with mental you know thinking, mm-hmm. and it was about tapping into the sensations that were coming up that were driving the thinking that was caught in this loop of thinking and, and body sensations. And it was about attuning to all of that and not making it wrong. And one of my biggest breakthrough moments, I have to say, was when I was sitting at the table and all of a sudden something dropped in from me. And it, you know, it was like, there is nothing wrong with you, Avril. And literally... Mm. Oh my gosh, I yeah. Cried and cried and cried because yep. for my whole life, and even for the start of my healing journey, I had been making myself wrong. There was something wrong with me that I needed to fix. Yep. There was, you know, there was these emotions were wrong. I had to run away from them. There was there was always something wrong with me. And whenever that dropped in for me, and it seemed I have goosebumps right now saying it, but it was like, is it this simple that there's just nothing wrong with me? There had never has been anything wrong with me. Acceptance, self-acceptance. Yeah. If I could say that to anybody, I would just say, there is nothing wrong with you. Your body is doing exactly what it is supposed to do to protect you, to keep you safe, to give you a message, whatever it is. But inherently deep down, there's nothing wrong with you. And that for me changed so much. That's such an important message. Your entire your entire journey has been is such an important message in, like you said, honoring yourself and honoring your physical self and reconnecting with yourself. Because so often, first of all, you are so strong. You are absolutely such a strong and um, formidable individual to overcome that, especially overcome all those diagnoses and obviously all those doctors telling you, you know, recovery is not possible. And for you to create your own recovery, create your own path, that just takes an incredible, incredible inner fire and resilience that just, I'm blown away. This I'm absolutely blown away. I really, really, really like how you are really highlighting that coming back to yourself honoring your needs because so often we numb our normal like natural wants and needs for other people for dogma for all these reasons except for ourselves so you really have uh, such an incredible incredible story avro is is there anything that you'd like to leave with the audience uh, before we wrap up Yeah, I guess it really is so much about coming back to yourself and honoring yourself because, you know, even along my journey, there was many times in my healing place where I did give my power away to professionals, even in the healing place of, you know, as I was healing um, nutritionists and naturopaths, like alternative people 
who were helping me to heal, but I still gave my power away. I still listened to them briefly before coming back to myself. So if there's mm-hmm. one thing I can say, leave, is that leave people with, it's that A, there is nothing, there is nothing, nothing wrong with you. I promise you, I do not care what has happened in your past. There is wisdom there for you from your past. But deep down, there's nothing wrong with you. And the second one is to really honor yourself to not every time you are making a decision, every time you are thinking about yourself, ask yourself, is this for me? Is this going to bring me closer to myself or is this going to take me further away from myself? And if it takes you further away from yourself, Mm. it's time to turn your back on that and turn back towards yourself because you're either turning your back on yourself or you're turning your back on other like other people other information whatever but you it, it there is never a time that you should turn your back on yourself wow <laughs> so impactful absolutely so pow- such powerful words i can't describe how many times that you know growing up you think gosh i've i'm betraying myself you know what i mean i'm giving in to this want or giving into this, you know, expectation that does not resonate with me. This does not make me feel good. Oh gosh, so powerful. So it's such a good reminder too, Avril. Thank you so, so, so much. I truly appreciate it. I'm, I just feel so moved by hearing your words and your like conviction. It's so inspiring. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me on it. Yes, I do. Yes. I have a lot of passion for uh, um, for women knowing that they can do anything, but they need to be, they need to honor themselves and they need to know within themselves they can. You know what? As women, we give life to life. Yes, Why we do. do we think we cannot create the life we want? <sighs> it's, a, it's too much uh, feedback. It's too much of, of us being told these are our limitations, these are our boundaries. Yeah. That's what it is. And to be able to, to transcend that is so difficult and so admirable. I just love I, I I just have truly been filled listening to the story, listening. Uh, I just love your passion. I love your fire. And you are really, really doing it. So thank you again, Avril for sharing your story. This is amazing. Everybody, I honestly, like I said, this month, it's only going to be hard-hitting, impactful stories like this. Stories from wonderful individuals like Avril who are the blueprint for making your way, creating the life that you want, honoring yourself, honoring your needs, and ignoring the feedback, truly. It's not about what people are telling you what you can be. It's about what you know you can be. So with that, I hope you guys love this story as much as I did. As always, if you are loving the stories, please leave a review. Send me an email. I love to hear from you guys. And I love each and every one of you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted.